episode 7 of the Forever Curious podcast. I am your host, Matthew Holting. Today we are going to wrap up Formula One week with a look at one of the most spectacular Grand Prix circuits, the Circuit de Monaco. Monaco is the super tiny country on the French Riviera, the second smallest country in the world in fact, could honestly be a whole series by itself, but that's for another time. This will be a look into the narrow, relatively slow-paced circuit running through the streets of Monaco, passing by some of the world's most luxurious yachts, and of course, the world-famous Monte Carlo Casino, if you know anything about the James Bond movies, that is. I've actually seen bits of the circuit in person myself on a stop-off in Monaco a few years back for a vacation, and the race was held just a couple weeks prior to our visit, so we were able to see the entire starting grid patterns, and some of the curves were actually still up. It was kind of cool. But anyway, enough of that. On to the circuit. The Circuit de Monaco is a street circuit laid out on the city streets of Monte Carlo and La Commandine around the harbor of the Principality of Monaco. It is commonly referred to as Monte Carlo because it is largely inside the Monte Carlo neighborhood of Monaco. The circuit is annually used on two weekends in May for Formula One Monaco Grand Prix and Formula E Monaco E Prix, odd years, or historic Grand Prix of Monaco even years. Formula One's respective feeder series over the years are Formula 2, Formula 3000, and today the GP2 series also visit the circuit concurrently with Formula One. The idea for a Grand Prix race around the streets of Monaco came from Anthony Nogues, the president of the Monegasque Motor Club, Automobile Club de Monaco, and close friend of the ruling Grimaldi family. The inaugural race was held in 1929 and was won by William Grover Williams in a Bugatti. Today, only three local gyros have won a race at the circuit. Louis Chiron did it at the non-championship 1931 Monaco Grand Prix. 82 years later, Stefano Coletti crossed the line in first position at the sprint race of the 2013 Monaco GP2 Series round. The third driver to do so was Stefan Richelmi at the sprint race of the 2014 Monaco GP2 Series round. The building of the circuit takes six weeks and the dismantling after the race another three weeks. The race circuit has many elevation shifts, tight corners, and is narrow. These features make it perhaps the most demanding track in Formula 1 racing. Although the course has changed many times during its history, it is still considered the ultimate test of driving skills in Formula 1. It contains both the slowest corner in Formula 1, the Fairmont hairpin taken at just 30 miles an hour, and one of the quickest, the flat-out kink in the tunnel, three turns beyond the hairpin taken at 160 miles an hour. Due to the tight and twisty nature of the circuit, it favors the skill of the drivers over the power of the cars. However, there is very little overtaking as the course is so narrow and dangerous. Nelson Piquet likened racing around the course to riding a bicycle around your living room. Prior to 1987, the number of cars starting the race was limited to 20 compared to 26 at other circuits. The famous tunnel section, running under the Fairmont Hotel, is said to be difficult for drivers to cope with due to the quick switch from light to dark, then back to light again, at one of the fastest points on the course. As a result, race outcomes tend to be decided by grid positions as well as pit strategies, and is extremely hard on gearboxes and brakes. Several attempts have been made to improve cramped conditions in the pit garages. In 2002, a substantial amount of land was reclaimed from the harbor to slightly change the shape of one of the sections of the circuit. This left more space for new pit garages, which debuted in the 2004 event. The circuit is generally recognized to be less safe than other circuits used for Formula One. Driver and former winner Michael Schumacher stated before the 2012 Grand Prix that the additional risk is justifiable once a year. If it were not already an existing Grand Prix, it would not be permitted to be added to the Formula One schedule for safety reasons. In January 2009, the circuit was voted top of the seven sporting winners of the world in a poll of 3,500 British sports fans. A lap of the modern-day circuit starts with a short sprint up Boulevard Albert Lair to the tight Saint-Devote corner, named after a small church just beyond the barriers. This is a nearly 90-degree right-hand bend usually taken in first or second gear. This corner has seen many first-lap accidents, although these are less common since the removal of the mini roundabout on the apex of the corner before the 2003 event, making the entrance to the corner wider. The cars then head uphill along Avenue de Ostend before changing down for the long left-hander at Massenet. Out of Massenet, the cars drive past the famous casino before quickly reaching the aptly named Casino Square. 
This part of the track is 44 meters higher than the lowest part. The car snaked down Avenue des Beaux-Arts, the next short straight, avoiding an enormous bump on the left of the track, a reminder of the unique nature of the circuit. This leads to the tight Maribou corner, which is followed by a short downhill burst to the even tighter Fairmont hairpin. Was known as the station hairpin before the hotel was opened on the site in 1973, is a corner which has been used for many overtaking maneuvers in the past. However, it would be almost physically impossible for two modern Formula One cars to go around side by side, as the drivers must use full steering lock to get around. It is so tight that many Formula One teams must redesign their steering and suspension specifically to negotiate this corner. After the hairpin, the cars head downhill again to a double right-hander called Portier, named after the region of Monaco, before heading into the famous tunnel, a unique feature of the Formula One circuit. Until 2009, only one other circuit in Detroit in 1982-88 featured a tunnel, but the F1 series now includes racing at the Yas Marina circuit in Abu Dhabi, which presents a shorter tunnel at the exit of pit lane. As well as the change of light making visibility poor, a car can lose 20-30% of its downforce due to the unique aerodynamic properties of the tunnel. The tunnel also presents a unique problem when it rains. As it is virtually indoors, the tunnel usually remains dry while the rest of the track is wet, with only the cars bringing in water from their tires. Famously, before the very wet 1984 race, Formula One boss Bernie Ecclestone had local fire crews wet down the road in the tunnel to give it the same surface grip as the rest of the track. This was done at the request of McLaren driver Nicky Lauda. Out of the tunnel, the cars have to brake hard for the tight left-right-left Nouvelle chicane. This has been the scene of several large accidents, including that of Carl Wendlinger in 1994, Jensen Button in 2003, and Sergio Perez in 2011. The chicane is generally the only place on the circuit where overtaking can be attempted. There is a short straight to Tabak, so-called as there used to be a tobacconist on the outside of the corner. Tabak is a tight fourth gear corner which is taken at about 120 miles an hour. Accelerating up to 140 miles an hour, the cars reach Piscine, a fast left-right followed by a slow right-left chicane, which takes the cars past the Renier 3 Nautical Stadium. Its swimming pool gives its name to the corner. Following Piscine, there is a short straight followed by heavy braking for a quick left which is immediately followed by the tight 135-degree right-hander called La Rascasse. This is another corner which requires full steering lock. It will be remembered for a long time as the location of one of the most suspicious maneuvers in recent Formula 1 history. After the 2006 season when Michael Schumacher appeared to deliberately stop his car in qualifying so as to prevent Fernando Alonso and Mark Webber, who were both following and were on flying laps, from out-qualifying him. The Rascasse takes the cars into a short straight that precedes the final corner, Virage Antoninogues. Named after the organizer of the first Monaco Grand Prix, the corner is a tight right-hander which brings the cars back onto the start-finish straight and across the line to start a new lap. Monaco is one of the two circuits which have only one DRS zone, the other being Suzuka. During the race, it is active along the pit straight from Antoninogues to Saint-Devote for a total of 510 meters. Monaco's street circuit places very different demands on the cars in comparison to the majority of the other circuits used during a championship season. Cars are set up with high downforce, not as is popularly believed to increase cornering speeds as many of the corners are taken at such low speeds to negate any aerodynamic effect, but instead to shorten braking times and keep the cars stable under acceleration. Many teams use special wing assemblies incorporating extra active planes in addition to those for in use for other circuits. The Jordan and Aeros team tried to use new midwings in 2001. The Aeros wing was similar in design to a normal rear wing, but smaller and suspended above the nose cone. Jordan had a small wing suspended on a short pole just in front of the driver. Both were designed to improve downforce, but after testing them during Thursday practice, the FIA banned both of them. Brake wear is not a problem during a race in Monaco. Instead, the low speeds mean the issue is keeping the brakes up to working temperature. The only heavy braking points are at the chicane after the tunnel and to a lesser extent into the Saint-Devote and Maribou corners. With a lack of temperature, brake bite becomes a problem, as the surface of the carbon brake disc becomes smooth as glass, reducing friction between the pads and the disc, hence lessening braking power. 
To combat this, in 2006, Juan Pablo Montoya adopted discs with radial grooves that increased the bite rate between discs and pads, increasing the average temperature of the brakes. Conversely, cooling the car's engine is a major concern. Formula One cars do not incorporate any form of forced cooling, relying solely on air moving over the car to remove heat from the radiator elements. In the past, many teams used to adjust the radiator intakes to allow for extra airflow, creating the once common Monaco nose. Teams also use closer ratio gears as there are hardly any long straights in Monaco and acceleration is at a premium. A special steering rack with a larger pinion gear is also fitted to allow the cars to be driven around the tightest corners. Some Formula 1 teams use other specifically designed components for this circuit. In other motorsport, for the FIA World Rally Championship, the circuit has been used as a special stage during the WRC Monte Carlo Rally, for example, in 2008. For the FIA Formula E Championship, on September 18, 2014, it was announced the Formula E would be racing on a shorter version of the Monaco Grand Prix circuit, which was subsequently used for the 2014-15 and 2016-17 seasons. This version missed out on the hill, Casino Square, the iconic hairpin, the famous tunnel, and the chicane. Monaco was not scheduled to be on the calendar for the second season of Formula E because it took the slot on the calendar filled by the historic Grand Prix at Monaco every other year. The inaugural Paris E-Prix took its spot on the calendar for Season 2, with the Monaco E-Prix reinstated for Season 3. This biennial agreement will continue at least into Formula E's fifth season. There have only been a handful of deaths from crashes at the circuit. In 1948, Norman Lineker. In 1952, Luigi Fagioli. In 1962, Dennis Taylor. And in 1967, Lorenzo Bandini. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for the Monaco Grand Prix circuit. I highly recommend if you guys have a minute or two to look at a video of the race in Monaco. It's really, really interesting how tight and how fast these cars are going around these corners in such a small area. If you don't have any time, at least just look up some pictures of the track. There's some cool pictures of the corners on the Wikipedia page. But once again, that'll wrap up Formula One week. Thank you so much again for listening. It's been a pleasure talking about Formula One. It's something, uh, like I said, I've been recently interested in. So being able to read about it and share this stuff with you guys has been has been fun. As always, if you have any topics for future shows, any feedback on how we can make the show better, or just want to chat, feel free to shoot us an email to theforevercuriouspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook at theforevercuriouspodcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll see you all next week. Jenny was a farm girl, 